And this is this, this verse right here. Their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. In what he's, if what he's built survives, he'll receive his reward. If it's burned up, he'll suffer loss. Now, I think this is excellent. He himself will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. So this isn't a salvation thing. This isn't like, man, I didn't serve God well and he gave me the boot. That's not what this is. But it does say you're going to be saved, but you ain't got anything to show for it. And what we have to have in order is one plants, one waters. You know what I might also say? I'm not always the planter. I'm not always the waterer. When we talked about having people come up for prayer all around the room, the very first thing, might have been the first thing in the text chain as we were seeking God, talking, planning today, might have been the first thing in the text chain that I asked. I said, the people that are standing up here praying, when are they getting prayed for? Like, when is that happening? And it did happen. People moved around. We prayed for each other. Couples walked around the room. We've been praying for each other anyway all through the week. When does that happen? You're not always the faucet. (laughs) You're not always that space. Sometimes you're the bucket, right? We need to be in that place where we can go back and forth and receive and flow. I've said it many times. I believe it to be true. The scripture talks about five areas of ministry, an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist. And sometimes they separate a pastor and a teacher, and sometimes they put those together. But those four or five things, offices, I think, I think it's true that in any 90-day window, I walk in all five of those. Any 90-day window, just pick one. Some random 90-day window. On Tuesday the 18th, I could walk in the office of a prophet. The next month on the 11th, I might fill the role of an apostle, or that may be even a little bit more of a job that I have. And then pastor, teacher. But you know what's funny about it? Most of the time, I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm just showing up. I'm just showing up and wanting to be whatever the Lord wants me to be when he wants me to be it. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. Just showing up to be whatever the Lord wants me to be when he wants me to be it. If this was a garage and we were all gardeners, all these different tools, all these different tools, I try to build things and it's so hard, not because I'm ignorant, not because I'm not handy. I have hand-eye coordination. Do you know why it takes me so much longer to build things than it takes the guy that my kids call granddaddy. Granddaddy and Andy. Do you know why it takes me seven times longer than granddaddy? Because granddaddy has the tools that he needs and I'm driving nails with my shoe. Like I don't have the right tools. I never have the right tools. I always have them like, well, I'll try this. I have like the four, I have one pair of pliers and one saw. And I, I learned there's a crosscut saw. I'm like, there's different saws? The teeth on a saw, they, they differ? What? You can have, what? I, like, I just bought a saw. The biggest characteristic for me, cheap, right? It's, the saw for 15 bucks, I'm in, I'm your guy, right? And I've had that saw, it was like a wedding present. I've had that saw for 30 years. 
We're all different tools for this God that brings increase to use. And we know today he uses us in just the right spot at just the right time. He knows that. I know that. You just have to be convinced of that. Convinced that where you are is where he wants you to be. And the intersection where you find yourself is God-ordained. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. I read in chapter 4. Some of you have become arrogant, verse 18, as if I were not coming to you. But I will come to you very soon, if the Lord is willing, and then I'll find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have. That's a dandy little verse right there. I'm going to read that again, 18. Some of you have become arrogant as if I were not coming to you. But I will come to you very soon, if the Lord is willing, and then I'll find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Oh. Arrogant. Arrogant is just an inflated sense of either skill, abilities, an inflated, an inflated sense of my ability, or arrogance can be an inflated sense of my importance. An inflated sense of my ability or an inflated sense of my importance. And so I can talk. I wondered, I, 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 was, I was out walking Baylor this morning, I thought, what, could, what should I title this today? Like, what's on my heart today? And ultimately I came up with like 37 things, you know. I was like, the last one on my mind, I was like, you got game? You got game? Or are you just talking trash? You got game? And here's what's interesting. My daddy said, you ain't bragging if you can do it, except it is still bragging. Because it's not you doing it. When it comes to the spirit, it's not you. It's not me. All I do is present myself. All I do is present myself. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. And so, what God is drawing us into today is an awareness of a space where, I was thinking about this, I could do 21 dead hang pull-ups. Now, to do a pull-up, I have to go to Planet Fitness, and I have to find the little machine that you can plug in and it all it take a little weight off of you <laughs> I think I'll weigh about a hundred when it wants to be dandy I think I'll weigh about a hundred pounds less and then all of a sudden I put my knees on it just springs me up boy that's really what it is it's not about talk it's about power and the power that God wants to flow through every one of us Every one of us. He's the foundation. And we build structure that he can flow through. Not blocked. Not arrogant. Not an inflated sense of our skills. Not an inflated sense of our self-importance. But an openness to recognize 
that whoever walks through that door, I want the scripture fulfilled where it says, the spirit of the Lord was present to heal. It doesn't say that about everything Jesus did, but in one particular spot, it says, the spirit of the Lord was present to heal. And that is my hope for every single gathering. It is my hope for every time we get together. And whether it's those doors on this church auditorium, or whether it's the door in your house, or the door at Federal Coffee, praise God, right? wherever it is, right? whatever the door is, that when we're there, the Spirit of the Lord is present to heal. You believe that for you? For you. Do you believe that for you? For you. That my foundation is Jesus. That's not moving. And what I build, I build to the glory of the kingdom. But he's the master builder. Dane, are you able to come up here? I'm going to close with this. This morning, all the folks that were praying for you were in the back office. We were talking together. And I told them, I said, one time in the Navy, I took a naval warship, a destroyer, and brought it up against a Navy supply ship, which was as big as a city. And that was docked. We were in Corfu or Greece or somewhere. And that was docked there. And it's traffic everywhere, boat traffic and little boats and fishing trawlers and all these things. And I brought that baby in and cut it around and slid her right up and it didn't even touch. And we crossed lines over and it was a perfect, perfect docking. A technically difficult docking, perfect. And I told the team why. I was the conning officer. I had the microphone. I'm like, all engines back one third, left full rudder, all stop. I'm chirping all that. Yeah. The captain was standing next to me looking over the side. He goes, all back, Smith. All back one third. <laughs> all stop. <laughs> I, was, I was like a little parrot. I was like, uh, all back. You know, that's what I, that's what I, like, it was a perfect landing. And all I did was repeat. I didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, I guess I could have screwed it up. All I did was repeat what the captain said. And it was perfect. God can bring us all into that space. You want to come up here? Let me bring it down to you. It should be on. Darn it. There we go. Superpower. Hi, I'm Dana. Um, when I was, I was thinking as we were in the movement, I could feel the Holy Spirit moving throughout the room. Um, was thinking about the way that I was raised in the Jewish faith where we just recited prayers and were called to pray 18 times a day. It's a lot of prayer. Um, but it was all just rote memory. And as I watched everybody, it kind of reminded me a little bit as I, I felt the Holy Spirit move. On Tuesdays and Fridays, uh, we have a recovery cafe. And we have a meal at lunchtime. And before we eat our meal, we do a practice of five minutes of silence. And what's interesting to me when I watched how people were responding and moving was how uncomfortable 
Sometimes that five minutes is one minute, okay. Five minutes. We can't, in our busy world, we can't sit for five minutes and be silent together. Isn't that amazing? We're so busy, so much going on. And I thought of um, one of those prayers and one of those sayings that you say all the time when you're a Jewish kid is from Deuteronomy 6.5. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And these words which I command thee this day shall be upon thy house. You shall put them on the door front of your house and you'll put them on the, for the frontlets between your eyes. So when you see Jewish people with the box, that's a, that's a literal translation of Deuteronomy. But what that Deuteronomy is saying and what the 18 times a day is saying is it shouldn't be just all of us coming here together, which is lovely and wonderful and it gives us a pause or the five minutes before the meal where we're silent together in community. It can be any time that we're pulling down what God wants from us. We're showing up, we're stopping, we're listening, and then we're giving out. We're listening, and then we're giving out. And to listen, just as Andy said, he had to listen to that officer that was telling him where to go. And if we have other things in the way, how do we hear that? So I think today I would challenge all of us this week to find those five minutes of silence to find that time, whether it's getting up a little early, whether it's just walk, taking a walk in this beautiful outdoors that we're having right now with the lower humidity, thank you, Lord, um, to just find that time where you can take in what he's telling you to do so that you can give out what he's telling you to do. He is the author. He is the perfecter of our faith. He will do that for us, but we have to stop long enough to do that. So let's pray. Lord, you tell us to love you with all our hearts, with all our souls, and with all our minds, to be the seed, the, the planters, or the waterers, and we know that you make things grow. All we have to do is love you. All we have to do is slow down. So I just ask you, Lord, give us peace. Give us time to stop and hear you. Let your Holy Spirit wash over us when we're washing the dishes. Let your Holy Spirit wash over us when we're watering the lawn, when we're cleaning the house when we're at work, when we're in the car, in our busy, busy lives, Lord, help us stop and hear you so that we can give out what you tell us to do, so that we can be in the place you want us to be, and so that we can harness the power that is there for us if we just plug in. So I just pray for each one of us as we leave this place that we would find a time and a place to be quiet and still and to hear you because that's how we love you with all our hearts, with all our souls, and with all our minds. We ask all this in the name of your Son. Amen.